Good morning, everybody. All right, I got the. I'm recording now. If you didn't know, um, if you ever miss a Sunday, you can always uh, listen to our messages online. We've got a SoundCloud. We've got a podcast on Apple. Just on the podcast stuff, you can go to our website. Several ways that you can catch up if you missed. So um, the, it is on. It's funny the way God works because uh, I had an entire message prepared kind of throughout the week, and uh, <clears throat> it was going to be about relationships and stuff like that because we're talking about life hacks, you know, simple solutions to everyday, everyday problems, and, and relationships are often a problem for most of us, right? We've all had those bad relationships or those bad moments. And, uh, but last night um, at about 1.30 a.m., I just popped awake and just there was this message there that was not um, there before. And so it's quite cool the way that God works because now I see that through Reuben's message and through Andy's word right there that it is quite confirmed. You know, so it's going to be a pretty cool morning. Um, but anyway, let, us, let me pray for us before we even begin. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to stand up here and speak. Lord, I, um, I thank you for the gift of interrupted sleep, like Leilani. <laughs> Many interrupted sleeps last night. But uh, it's, it is a gift, Lord. Um, this The time um, that we have with these little guys, Lord, goes by quickly. And um, help us to just um, support our church family, God, and however we can. Lord, we do pray for sleep for Leilani and Hine. Lord, as they go forward, Lord, we thank you for those little moments of speaking to us and through us. And I do ask that you speak to me and through me this morning as well, Lord. Um, we lift up all that we are to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, I've got, a, I've got a few problems here. All right, agree with me or disagree with me if this drives you nuts. When somebody blocks the intersection and it's a red light and you get to go straight right there? Yeah? Are you with me? It drives me nuts. And it always happens right there by the stadium, right? Right there by that Zed. Oh, taking the kids to practice. <laughs> I'm running late, like usual. And I need that car to move because I'm late. Uh, all right, the next one. Who leaves the toothpaste like that? Come on. Does that drive you crazy? It's like, let's squeeze every little piece out. And then you get to like the last bit and you, you don't realize there's so much in there and it just squeezes over. And then they, you should see my kid's bathroom. Oh my gosh. It's like the, the toothpaste, it looks just like that when it gets to the end. Okay, drives me nuts. That pencil that sharpens just not straight. Yeah, you know, this is a half straightened, sharpened pencil. Yeah, oh, I usually have to get my knife out and like chip off that end right there, that side. I can't handle it. Drives me nuts. All right, next one. Okay. This is... Right there at, what is that, Beers Court and um, Ulster Street, you know, you're turning down toward the A-Bridge right there, and you, you, you know that guy's got room in front of you, and you got to turn left onto that street, and they just don't move. And you're going, come on! Anybody miss that impatient as I am, or am I the only one? Okay, next one. Come on. <laughs> Do you feel me now? When that toilet paper rips, <laughs> you got this little dangly guy there, and you just got to rip it off, right? Come on. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, have you ever had that? No, no, just kidding. Uh, I'll stop there. <laughs> okay, next one. You're watching a video, and you got to turn it up, and the volume thing just pops right in front of the video, and you're like, come on. Close, 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 because you're missing it, and then you know you have to rewind it, and you're just like, oh, 
insane. Drives me crazy. All right. Oh, it's happened to me at the rugby game this weekend. Oh, that's not actually it, but seriously, you know the parallel parking places? There's room for three cars, and the one just kind of parks like in the middle of the two spaces, so then you can't park there. Oh, I just about lost it. I almost wrote a note. Have you ever written a note to somebody? <laughs> I almost wrote a note. One time when I was at uni, um, my buddy had these, had these tickets printed up, and they looked just like tickets. But they basically a big paragraph on saying you're an idiot and learn how to park. Have you ever seen those where you can you can print them? They look just like a ticket. It was great, so I put that on a couple of cars. Drives me insane. Um, <laughs> anyway, I guess we'll move on from that. But um, that's what we're looking at, guys. Um, this this new sermon series is um, life hacks, simple solutions to everyday problems. And though we're not going to solve those problems, I do want to look at what a life hack actually is. And I'm going to be using my phone a bit today because um, uh, I'm using a lot of different translations from Scripture and it's just easier. Um, But life hack. Defining a life hack is this. A life hack or life hacking is any trick, shortcut, skill, or novelty method that increases productivity and efficiency. Okay, I want to focus on those as we go. We're increasing productivity and efficiency. So in a church setting, that can be anything from Um, the way you live your life, the way you speak to people, the way you do your job, the way your marriage works, the way your friendships work, all of that stuff. How do we make them more efficient? How do we become more productive people in our workplaces, in our um, families? So most of you know that Sarah and I and our family moved over here a little over five years ago. And we sold, like many, many of you here, how many, how many moved to New Zealand? Yep. Nice. Of those that you guys moved to New Zealand, have, did any of you guys bring a container over or did you sell everything and did you just bring over as little as possible? Sold everything? Nice. Any container people? Half containers? Half containers? Anybody that moved up to Hamilton from other, another part of New Zealand, did you, did you pack a big container or did you get rid of stuff and just start over? Yeah, stuff? 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 Andy, why didn't you just start over, man? You had these poor guys moving, moving stuff. Poor guys had to work hard. Well, here's a picture of, of us as we, when we got here. That was five years ago, little MJ is. It's crazy. But we, um, we sold everything, and we had our life in those eight suitcases. That was it. That was our baggage right there. Amazing, right? I look around my house now and I say, I have a lot of crap. <laughs> We've got to get rid of some stuff, people. But um, here is a life hack for you. If you're ever traveling with four kids, put them in blaze orange shirts. That's what we did. That was a life hack for our traveling. Blaze orange shirts, because then we had some layovers. And they were running all around. You could just quick look over and you just see the orange going <laughs> down the hallways. But the other life hack that we had on here... Was you see the little red rope on the handle of the suitcases? Oh, I put that on every suitcase. So then when they come out of baggage claim, all I'm looking for is the little red rope on the handles. Boom, there you go. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yep. Yeah, and I tied it in a scorpion knot so that it was survival as well, and it's paracord. So just in case the plane went down, I had survival gear with me. That's the way I think, guys. That's the way I think. You know, 
There you go. You could pull that apart and you got like seven strings within that one. Okay, never mind. Never mind. But those were a couple of life hacks that we had. And I just want to talk about baggage today because that's what we came here with. Eight bags worth of stuff. And in that, in one of those bags was all computer gear. Just cords, phone, um, HDMI's, a little mini travel projector, because we needed to take a little mini travel projector with us. And laptops, I think we had three laptops, and just stuff, and the rest was clothes. Oh, and I, I did have to bring my ukulele with me, so I had to fit that in there. My ukulele, yeah. So that, that was us, guys. That was our start to this journey. But baggage, baggage. Baggage is an issue regarding a person's past that can affect their current disposition. Baggage, who here has some baggage? Do you have anything from your past that's affecting your current situation? You guys have anything from your past that's kind of sneaks up into your mind every once in a while and you're going, oh, that again. Oh, yeah, yeah. One thing that kind of crept up on me this week was we were talking about um, when we were um, athletes and we we're talking about Andy and stuff and in his rugby days and I started thinking about my American football days and and how you know our kids are different and we're different and my brothers are very much um, well my younger brothers like put all your effort into it and do it all and my other brothers like you know put about three quarters of your effort into it and I'm about like hey just good enough to get by people <laughs> you know and, and luckily I was, I was talented enough to just do that and play well enough but I started thinking of back on that and going, gosh, what would it have looked like if I would have put all of my effort into being an athlete, you know, into football, into basketball, into track and field and stuff. And, but looking back, you know, that kind of creeps up and you're going, oh, that's some baggage that I've held on to for a while. Like I'd, I'd never give, give my best, my all to that. And now when I go into things, I'm like, oh, I'm going to smash it. I'm going to give my all into it. And then there's that voice that goes, Chris, do you really give your all into anything? You know how that is? That voice just kind of creeps in and you're going, boom, ah, oh, shut up. But I, I want to be in um, 1 Samuel. So if you guys have your Bibles, it's not really going to help because there's a couple of translations. So we'll just go from the beginning. So let me give you a little background. So we've got Samuel, who's this prophet of God, and he is called to um, anoint the first king of the Israelite people because they've cried out, basically said, God, we're kind of tired of following you. We want to be like everybody else, every other nation. Can you give us a king to lead over us? And so God gives it. He said, sure. All right. If that's what you want, then let's do it. So he's, Samuel here is, is going to anoint the first king of the Israelite people. So we start in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 20. It says, Then Samuel, who's this prophet? brought all the tribes of Israel near, and the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Remember, there are 12 tribes of Israel. The tribe of Benjamin was taken. And he says, He brought the tribe of Benjamin near by its clans, and the clan of the Matrites was taken by Lot. And Saul, the son of Kish, was taken by Lot. But when they sought him, he could not be found. So here we have Samuel, who's this prophet and he's coming to the Israelite people and he's about to anoint the king so he gathers all the tribes of Israel and they draw lots and the lot go drops to the Benjaminites this clan of the Israelites so it's the Israelites and then we're scoping down to the Benjaminites and then they draw lots again and it comes down to the uh, Mishites is that what it was 
the uh, matrites, comes down to the matrites, and then out of that family of the matrites comes Saul, this person that's going to be king. And they go to find him, and they say, and it says here, he couldn't be found. Okay, so here's this guy who's about to be anointed as king, and he can't find him. And it says, so they inquired of God again, God, is there a man still to come? Like, is there somebody else? And the Lord said, behold, he has hidden himself among the baggage. So here we have this guy, this young guy, who's about to be anointed as king of the Israelite people. And he's a million, at least over a million Israelites at this point. And he's about to be king over these people. And they can't find him. And they go, God, is there somebody else? Is there another Saul? Who is this guy? Where is he? He says, oh, don't worry about it. He's actually hiding among the baggage. Quite interesting, right? Continuing, then they ran and took him from there, from the baggage. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upwards. So here's from here, upwards, he's standing taller than any of those other people in the Israelite tribes. And Samuel said to all the people, do you see him who the Lord has chosen? There is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted, long live the king. So picture this, guys. So we've got the Israelites, the Benjaminites, the Matrites, then Saul, this guy who stands taller than everybody else and who God says, this guy is chosen by me. He is standing taller than all of these other people, powerful, and yet he's hiding among the baggage. He's afraid to let go of that baggage. Can you imagine? He's, he's hiding there, covering himself. How often do we do that to ourselves? We're, we know we're called to do something, but, but yet we've got baggage that's following us throughout our life. And we, we've found comfort in that baggage. It's part of us now. It's become my friend. And yet we hold on to it. And then God calls us to something and we go, oh, actually, uh, I don't know if I'm good enough for that. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm smart enough for that. And we hold on to that baggage and we hide among the baggage just like Saul. Now, I want to contrast that to David. We know David, David and Goliath. We've heard the story of David and Goliath, King David. And it's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. So here is, um, here's the scene for it. So the Israelites are at war with the Philistines. And David is out tending the sheep. His brothers are in this army. And they're out at the, on the battlefield at the battle line. And David's dad says, hey, David, I want you to go check up on, these, on, my, on your brother. So here we pick it up in 1 Samuel 17. Verse 17, then Jesse, who is David's dad, said to David, his son, take for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and run quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these 10 cuts of cheese to the commander of the unit. See how your brothers are doing and bring back news of them. So, so this is a dad, right? Going, hey, go check up on your brothers. Let me know how they're doing. You know, good dad. Now they are with Saul who is the first king. So Saul has established his kingdom now. He's at war with the Philistines. Now they are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. So David got up early in the morning, left the flock with a keeper, 
picked up the provisions and went just as Jesse had directed him. And he came to the encampment as the army was going out in battle formation, shouting the battle cry. So here we have the army, right? They're going out to the battlefield. The Philistines have drawn their line in this valley of Elah. The Israelites have drawn their line in the valley of Elah, and they're going out there and they're doing their battle cries. They're going, huckas, right? And they're going to this place and they're getting ready. And David shows up there and check this out. Israel and and the Philistines drew up in battle formation, army against army. And David left his baggage in the hand of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the army and came and saluted his brothers. So here we have David who shows up at this battlefield, right? And he's carrying all this stuff that his father has sent, the cheeses and the grains and stuff. And his, he's going to check up on his brothers. And, and he sees the army going out there. They've drawn their lines. They're getting out there to the battlefield. And David gets there just in time. And instead of continuing to go to the battlefield, what does he do? He stops and he drops his baggage to the keeper of the baggage. You see that? David's called to go out to the battlefield, find his brothers, find how they're doing, and he could have gone out there holding all that baggage. He could have, but would he have made it on time? Maybe, maybe not. Do you see Saul over here hiding amongst his baggage? Hiding when he's called, and David dropping his baggage off to the baggage keeper. And David goes on, we know the story, he goes on to say, hey, I can beat this Philistine guy, I can beat this giant Goliath. You know, this is all the same story. He drops his baggage off. He goes, and next thing you know, he's killed a giant. And then he goes into Saul's service, right? From there, he goes on to become the replacement of Saul and the king of the Israelite people, right? Do you see the difference? One, on the one hand, we've got the guy who is hiding amongst his baggage. And on the other hand, we've got the guy who drops his baggage off with the baggage keeper, What does God mean when he says, Come to me all who are restless and heavy laden, all you who are anxious, come to me and I will give you rest. What does that mean? Does that mean come to me with all your baggage and then leave me with all your baggage? No, right? He's going to come to me with your baggage and leave the baggage here. Would you? You can hide amongst your baggage, carry it, bring it to me but leave it here with me. We could have come to this country with all of our junk. We could have. And it would have probably been okay. But I'm going to tell you something that we noticed when we moved, that it was so freeing to start over. It was so freeing to be able to walk into a furniture store and go, that's pretty cool, Yeah. Or it was really actually freeing to sit on our kitchen floor and eat pizza. That was quite cool. There were some really great memories of all that stuff. And the kids making their own toys, chopping up some bamboo, and a bamboo becomes a gun and a sword. You know? It's like, it's like kids on Christmas, right? They like the box more than the toy. You know? But there was something amazing about coming and going, you know what? This is the baggage we need to bring along with us. The rest of it can go away. The rest of it can go away because at the end of the day, life's a journey. And the less baggage you hold on to, the easier it is to travel. 
the less baggage you hold on to, the easier it is to travel. Who's been on a big trip? Who's taken a lot of luggage with them? Say you're going on an OE and you're going to go take, you know, you got your carry-on, you've got your check-in bag. Anybody go more than two check-in bags when they've traveled by themselves? Anybody? No. Why? Because you can't handle it. There becomes a point when you go, I can't deal with all of this stuff and it's got to go and I have to minimize what I need in my life to that travel. Right? Sarah's going to America tomorrow. Oh, I know. Three weeks. I know. It's my babe. <laughs> Gone. But is she going to hop on that plane and go check in six bags? Yeah, no, she's going to come home with six bags, but... <laughs> yeah, right? No, you take what you need, and you go. Because life's like that. Life is a journey, and, the, and the, the less baggage that you hold on to, the easier it is. And it's the same way with travel. It's the same way with our lives. It's the same way with Saul. Saul's life didn't turn out good. He was the king, but he had a horrible reign as king. David, this guy who's willing to go drop the baggage off and run. Oh, he's the guy that God calls a man after his own heart. You know, come to me, all of you who are restless and heavy laden, and lay your burdens with me. Don't be anxious about anything. Those are some pretty cool words that God is saying to us. Don't be anxious about anything. You know, let that stuff go. And, and I love what Reuben said, you know, like if there's something that is just sitting, that's just been there for a while, just festering, that baggage, you know, just let it go. You're trying to hold it all and do new things and, and you just can't do it. You just can't do it. So take this journey, take this life, this journey called life, all that you're doing, all that you're involved in, all the people that are in your lives, all the people that you have influence over, all of the people that influence you, and take a moment to just go, all right, is any of this baggage that needs to go? And it's okay to make it go away. I've had to say no to a lot of stuff, and some, some seem like cool opportunities. But at the end of the day, you have to go, is this something that is going to progress us forward, either as an individual, as a family, as a church, as a company? Are these things going to move us forward? Are they going to keep us stagnant, or are they going to move us backwards? And it's got to go. If it's not going to move you forward... It's got to go, and that's okay. Because at the end of the day, life's a journey, and the less baggage that you hold on to, the easier it is to travel.